0: You know, as I was thinking this, you know, I, as a pastor, you you know, you have all kinds of you have thought processes, and one of my thought processes, you know, on a day like today, when when there's a lot of people missing, you know, I it, it's kind of a little bit, you know, I'm like, wow, so and so's not here, and wow, you know, the ladies that sit behind us haven't been here for a couple weeks, and you know, I can go on and on and think about all the people that aren't here, and it reminds me of a story. There was a pastor out in the country, and and. Uh, it got to be a really, really, really bad day, and they opened the church doors, and one farmer showed up, and so he always said, well, you know, he was going to preach no matter who showed up, so he says to this farmer, he says, well, he says, you're the only one here this morning, but he says, I'm, you know, you're worth it, I'm gonna, I'm going to have the service, and I'm going to preach, and so he just started the service like normal, and he preached for 45 minutes, everything was normal, and and he just put his heart and soul into the whole message. And on the way out of the church, the pastor says, well, what did you think? And the farmer says, well, one thing. He says, you know, if the weather's real bad and I have one cow that comes up to eat, he says, I don't try to feed her the whole load. <laughs> so, so, so there you go. So I think you're going to get the whole load. I don't know. Um, my, my sermon title... I think my sermon title, there you go, Learning from Mary. This is not in reference to anybody I know, but this is, I was telling somebody, somebody did mention it, oh, Learning from Mary. I said, well, I says, sermon titles are kind of hard for me to come up with sometimes, so that was it. But um, today we are going to take a look at uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and uh, we're going to take a look at her life, and we're going to start by reading from Luke, the first chapter, starting at the 26th verse. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, Well, how can this be, since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you, therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and, is, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, as different people in this, in this story of Jesus' birth, Different people were used in different ways. We find Mary now, who was probably, and, and you know, they're speculating, but you know, she could have been as young as 13. You know, in those days, they, they got married very young, and she could have been as young as 13, a virgin, and out of the blue, an angel comes. And I think that, that whole concept of, you know, shepherds out of the blue, here's a, you know, angels talking to them, and now Mary out of the blue. Angel comes, tells her she's favored. The Lord is with her. She's going to be blessed among women. You know, God must have saw something in Mary. I don't know how he. I don't know how he picked Mary. He doesn't say. You know, but somehow he saw Mary and he picked her to to be the mother of Jesus. And the Bible says that Mary she was troubled. Well, wouldn't you be troubled? I mean, wouldn't you be troubled if? All of a sudden, you know, an angel appears to you and says, you know, you're favored by God and, by the way, you're going to have a son and you're not married and, and you know, and and all these things. And and Mary, it says, Mary was troubled, you know, wondered, she considered what this was all about. You know, there's there's a song, Mary, Did You Know? You know, and uh, it says, Mary, Did You Know? You know, she had no concept. No, she didn't know. She didn't know that Jesus was going to be who he Who he says he was, she had no concept of all that. All of a sudden, an angel appears and says, "You know, you're favored, and you're going to have a baby." And she was she was troubled by it. You know, she was troubled. She was concerned. You know, even though she she realized that, you know, the angel is talking to her, and she hears the angel saying things like, "You know, you're going to have a baby. His name is Jesus. He's going to be great. The son of son of the Most High God." He's gonna have a throne on the kingdom of David, and his kingdom will never end. You know, just try to try to absorb that. But you know, Mary, she had a she had a problem. You know, she had all that, but then she had all the she had the problem of the reality of the fact that I'm not married, and I could be in big trouble. I could be in trouble. You know, I. Right away, you know, she probably thinking and the angel says, well, don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. She says, because the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Well, you know, I don't know. I have no idea what Mary's concept of all this is. But think about it. You know, you're they say, well, you're going to have a baby. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have a husband. Never been with a man. Oh, don't worry. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Oh, that helps a lot. I mean, you know, it's like, wait a minute, what does that mean? What, you know, what's what's the thought processes that Mary's going through? You know, and the angel's just telling her all of this. And, and, you know, Mary's got to kind of absorb all this. Absorb what's going on. And, oh, by the way, let's throw this in. You know, your relative Elizabeth? And they say, you know, some... Scripture or some commentaries that I read said she could have been 80 years old. 80 years old. Think about that for a minute, just a second. Let's see. Well, we've got a little, a few here that are 80. But uh, even for those of you that are, let's say, 45, <laughs> let's just meditate on that a little bit. Oh, no problem. By the way, Elizabeth's going to have a baby who's been barren, can't have children. Oh, okay. Well, after Mary hears all these things, I think what's really natural. She's like, "Hey, I'm going to go see Elizabeth. I'm, I, we need to talk. I need to find out. I need to find out what's going on. I need to, you know. I can't imagine she's eighty. She's going to have a baby. You know, I'm whatever age. You know, whatever age. If she was thirteen or fifteen or however young, you know, however old she is." You know, I'm going to have a baby and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon me and make this happen. I don't know. I think I need to talk to Elizabeth. So she goes and she goes to see Elizabeth. And it's very interesting in in verse um, 41. It says, And she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. When she heard Mary's voice, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I just find that, I don't know, amazing. You know, she goes and she, she greets Elizabeth when Elizabeth hears her voice, the baby inside of her. Now, what did the baby inside of her hear? You know, it says Elizabeth heard and it's the baby inside of her Leaped. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. If you go back to verse 15 of Luke, the first chapter. And when it was told that uh, Zachariah said Elizabeth was going to have a baby. He said this about John the Baptist. He says he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he also will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even from his mother's womb. So we have John. In Elizabeth's womb, filled with, already filled with the Holy Spirit, when Mary greets Elizabeth, John leaps in her womb. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that, isn't that I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what the concept is of all this happening, but think about what, I mean, what would you think? What would you be thinking? I don't know. What would you be thinking John? I'm pregnant, all this is going on now. You know, I'm talking to somebody. When I talk, a baby jumps inside of her womb. Now Elizabeth's filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow, what's going on? What's going on? It was the activity of God in the midst of everything. It was the activity of God by his spirit, by his spirit. You know, and to me, it's saying, you know, God's in charge of this whole thing. God's in charge by his spirit. He's working in people. He's doing things that they can't do on their own. It's it's way out of their hands. It's way out of their hands. And then Elizabeth, when she's filled with the Holy Spirit, she starts to speak. And she speaks with a loud voice. And she says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So Elizabeth, then she speaks. You know, and she says that Mary is blessed among women. Blessed among women. You know, is Mary special? Yes, Mary is special. She's blessed. She's picked by God to have Jesus. Personally, I think it stops there. I think it stops there. She's blessed. You know, I think we need to just, you know, be, talk about that a minute that, you know, Mary is not God. Mary is only used by God, filled with the Holy Spirit. There's been some attempts, and I don't know, I don't think it gets very far, but there's been talk and attempts of making Mary part of the deity. And there's nowhere in scripture that, that indicates that. As a matter of fact, I think that would be absolutely idolatry. Is Mary blessed? Yes, the Bible says she's blessed. Wouldn't you be blessed to be able to have Jesus born of you? You know, isn't that that in and of itself would be a blessing. And blessed is the fruit of her womb. And then and then Elizabeth says, Well, why is this that you've come to me? You know. Because when I heard your voice, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And then she went on to say, blessed are you. And then Mary speaks. And in verse 46, Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. So Mary goes on, and, and, and she goes on to talk about the greatness of God and how holy is his name. But think about in the midst of everything that's going on. In the midst of everything that's going on, a young girl has all these things to deal with. And I, I think we can read through this. And we kinda, you can kind of glamorize it a little bit and say, wow. You know, but what's the reality of what Mary was going through? What's the reality of what she's thinking about? Is she thinking that all this is great and rosy? I think, on the one hand, she believes what's being said to her and she realizes that God is going to use her. On the other hand, I think Mary has a problem. That, you know, in and of itself, she's trying to work through, you know, I have a problem. Have you ever been in that situation? You ever been in a situation where, on the one hand, it's like, well, this is good. And then on the other hand, it's like, whoa, I've got a problem. Or maybe I don't fully understand what's going on. Sometimes when I don't fully understand the, um, everything that's happening or everything that's going on in my life, I have a choice to make. I have a choice to make. I have a problem. Yes, you know, from Mary's standpoint, I think she had a problem. And I think she had something that she had to deal with. She had to work her way through. On the other hand, God's speaking to her, saying, Mary, it's going to be okay. And in the midst of all that, here's what I think is important, what we can learn from Mary. In the midst of all that, Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. When you're faced with a problem, when you're faced with difficulties, when you're faced with circumstances you can't understand, when you're faced with things that you can't figure out, you have a problem. And here's the key in the midst of that, what do we magnify? What do you magnify in your life? I think we all have things, we all have problems. We all have things to deal with, but Mary chose to magnify God. The other option is, I can magnify the problem. Mary could have said, "Oh my goodness, what am I, Elizabeth? What what am I going to do?" You know, Elizabeth, I I don't know. What, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. You know, I'm in big trouble. Don't have a husband. I don't know if I can explain to people, well, don't worry, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon me. It's all going to be okay. I don't know how far that's going to go. I don't know if that's going to be okay with people. I've got a problem. Wow, this is huge. This could ruin my life. Mary could just sit there and magnify her problem. Magnify what was going on. Sometimes when I think we, when we have problems, what do we do? Well, if you're like me, well, I think about it for a while. And usually when I think about my problem, I tend to make it bigger. And the more I think about it, the bigger it gets. It doesn't get smaller. I've yet to see a problem talked about that gets smaller. It gets bigger. As a matter of fact, my imagination starts to run wild. I can imagine all kinds of things if I magnify that problem. I can start to go all kinds of directions, come up with all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of bad things that are going to happen. If I want to magnify the problem, one of the best ways is to tell everybody. Now, I'm not telling them so they can pray for me. I'm just telling them so they know I have a problem. I just want to inform them of my problem. A lot of times I want to inform them of my problem so I get a little sympathy. Oh, that's too bad, you know. And then a lot of times when you do that, what I tend to get is, well, that's too bad. Oh, I know somebody had the same thing, they didn't make it. So I just magnified my problem bigger yet. Just got bigger. Sometimes sometimes I, I get discouragement. Doubt from when I share. When I magnify the problem, I don't know about you, but it tends to affect my sleep. And I don't know about you when you're when you're not sleeping because there's a problem. Isn't it easier to magnify the problem when you're sleepy? I don't know what that is. I have no, I don't know what it is. I. I someday that's one of my questions. But why is it when I have a problem and I'm sleepy, the problem gets bigger and I can't stop thinking about it? Why is it when I lay there trying to sleep telling myself what do you know you got to go to sleep morning's coming you're going to have to get up you got to get some sleep and it just and it keeps getting bigger it just keeps getting my magnif- it keeps getting bigger and I and I and I struggle. I lay there and I think I gotta stop this. I gotta stop. I gotta quit. I gotta think about something else. Okay, I'm gonna think about. Um, no, I'm back to my problem. Interesting, interesting. So I believe we need to see that when we have a problem, it's important what we magnify. It's important what we magnify. And what did Mary do? She magnified the Lord. She made Him bigger. And I believe that's what we need to do. I want you to turn to Psalms 34, verse 3 and 4. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. David, David, he seems to get it. At this point, he struggled. He had times when he magnified the problem. God, where are you? But it says, I may, he says, magnify the Lord with me. If you're going to look to somebody else, get somebody that will magnify the Lord with you. Get somebody that will encourage you in what the Lord has to say. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Now David says, when I magnified the Lord, when I, when I exalted his name, when I looked to him, I sought him, he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. All my fears. He chose to magnify the Lord, not his problem. He chose to magnify who the Lord is, and who the Lord was, and the Lord delivered him from all his fears. In 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, the 4th and 5th verse, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Number one, we're in a battle. It says, The weapons of our warfare. Well, we must be fighting something. The weapons that we have to fight with. The weapons we have to fight against these problems, against these things that come against us. These things that we encounter in life. The weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God. For pulling down a stronghold. These things in our lives are strongholds, folks. These things are strongholds. They, they get a hold. And it says, casting down arguments. Arguments. What's the argument? Oh, I don't think this is going to be good. I don't think this is, I, the, oh boy, I'm in trouble. This is not going to work. You know, I'm just arguing about it. Cast those arguments down. Arguments. And everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that exalts, everything that puts itself, tries to pick itself up against the knowledge of who God is. And that's a lot of life. A lot of life is like that. A lot of the stuff that we have to deal with around us is things that are raising themselves up, exalting themselves above God. And we need to exalt Him. We need to magnify the Lord. We need to make the Lord bigger than those problems. Because he is. Because he is. We need to cast down those arguments, those thoughts. It says bring every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Every thought. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that keep you busy? If I have to think about every thought I have, every negative thought, everything everything I think isn't going to be good or isn't going to work or... It's, it's it's going to be a bad thing. I need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I need to think, well, what's God say about this? What's God say about this? What's God want to do? What's God doing? I need to look at my thoughts. I don't know if you've ever done it. It's not easy. But just, just kind of step, I don't know, you can't step back, but try to step back and say, What have I been spending my time thinking about? When a problem arises, when something happens that's not the way we want it to be, when those things come up, what do I spend my time thinking about? Do I immediately think how bad the problem is? Do I immediately think there's no way out? Do I immediately think this isn't going to work? Or do I magnify the Lord? Do I see that maybe this is an opportunity for God to work? That this is an opportunity that God is going to use for something I don't know. There's no way that I believe that Mary understood everything that God was doing. I, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Can't believe she understood. It says she pondered those things. She goes, "Wow, what's going on? What's going on? I can't figure this out. I want to go talk to Elizabeth." She gets encouragement from Elizabeth cuz the Holy Spirit's in the baby, the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit speaks. You know, it's it's God working. It wasn't her figuring it out. What's what's the answer? What's the answer? So we have to deal with we have to deal with our thoughts. We have to deal with our thoughts. I believe when it says, that, you know, we've weapons of our warfare that we fight our thoughts. We fight our thoughts. We fight to keep our thoughts directed towards the Lord. And if they get very far astray, we'll get in a rut or a bad spot. And then we'll be awake at night trying to get my thoughts back, and I can't because I'm so far out there that it's hard to get them back where they ought to be. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had those times when <laughs> You know, and like nighttime is my favorite time of the day. (laughs) But, uh, you know, if my thoughts go wild, you know, I go, I need to get up and read the Bible. So I get my Bible out. I open it up and I read. I read three verses and my thoughts are right back where they were. And I'm like, well, this isn't working very good. But you know what? If I keep going, If I keep going, I can get there. If I can magnify the Lord, and one of the best ways to magnify the Lord is to read His Word. Magnify what He says. Make what He says bigger than my problem. Make His Word bigger than what I'm thinking. Magnify the Lord. Make Him bigger than what you're struggling with, what you're going through. And then, you know, It's important, I think, to share with people that will pray with you. It's probably not good to tell the world your problems. It's probably not good to tell 50 people your problems. But in Galatians, the sixth chapter, the second verse, it tells us the word to bear one another's burdens. Galatians, the sixth chapter, the second verse says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. Share it with somebody that's going to pray with you. Magnify the Lord with you. Pick carefully who you share with. Probably Facebook is not the place. Just throw that out. Now, that's a possibility. You know? You know? That probably if you share your pain and your burdens on Facebook, you're not going to get everybody magnifying the Lord with you. I haven't quite seen that happening yet. You know, there's things to share on Facebook and I think there's things not to share. So we want to be careful. And we want to be careful that we don't look to that for support. You know? Because... The reason, I think, is because the very few people are magnifying the Lord. Most people are magnifying the problem. Just, just look, just read. Read, read. read anything almost. Our society magnifies the problem. You know, and we, we, you know, the reason is because it sells. If magnifying good things sold, trust me, they would magnify good things. If they thought people didn't want to hear bad news, they would put good news in the paper. But people want to hear bad news. We want to hear all the bad things that are happening around the world. And you can say, no, no. No. These people want to make money. And the reason they put it on there is because that's what we we want, that's our mindset. You know? We need to let them know maybe that, hey, I don't want to hear all that bad stuff. I don't want to hear that there was a, what, what was I listening to this morning? Something. Okay, the roads are bad out here. Um, you know, I got on, the, I got on TV and, um, oh, they said they're kind of slippery. Well, they're kind of clear. I drove down here at 630 just to check the roads. I drove 60 miles an hour down 199. And I drove 45 miles an hour down Girton Road. Now. Was there slippery spots in Gert and Real? You know, there was some snow. But anyway, so I thought, well, it's okay. I go back, and what does the news tell me? They tell me one car flipped over in Wood County. That was the news. Well, if I'm sitting at home, if I'm sitting at home debating on coming to church, not, but, you know, think about it. All I know is somebody flipped over in Wood County. We're all in trouble. Think about it magnify the problem. And I'm not saying, you know, that person had a problem. I'm not negating that person's problem. But isn't it interesting? And isn't it interesting if you dwell on those things enough, you tend to not want to do anything. And so we're bombarded by that, let alone deal with my own thoughts. So I have to deal with my thoughts. I have to deal with what I have some control over. And so, I need to remind myself, oh, magnify the Lord. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. The one that's in charge. The one that created the earth. The one that's coming again. Are things great around us? Oh, probably not. Could they be better? Yeah. Are they as bad as we think? Probably not. It's just, you know, probably not. But as Christians, we need to magnify the Lord. Because he's the one that's got the answer. He's the one that's got the answer. So my prayer is, when you find yourself, I hope you're reminded, you know, maybe you get in a spot where you're thinking all kinds of negative things. And just think about Mary. She had a lot of stuff going on. And in the midst of that, she magnified the Lord. She made him bigger than her problem. She made him Bigger than what was going on, her circumstances. And that's what we need to do. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you, Lord, that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to magnify you, who you are, what you've done, what you're doing. Lord, forgive us for those times when we magnify the problem. Lord, forgive us for our doubts and our fears. Lord, help us to deal with our thoughts and to magnify you. Lord, we just thank you for, for who you are and what you're doing. Lord, work in our hearts. Lord, help us to be useful for you in the kingdom. Lord, help us to be witnesses for you. that Lord, we can magnify you and not get caught up in the world and all the problems around us. But Lord, we can give people a witness to who you are in the midst of all that. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. Lord, I just pray you'd be with us now as we depart and go home. Lord, just keep us safe. And Lord, help us this week to magnify you in all that we do. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.